0: Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now on to the message.
1: Psalm 63, starting at verse 1. Oh God, you are God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My soul longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Verse 2, to see your power and your glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary. Because your loving kindness is better than life, and my lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied with the marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. In verse 8, my soul follows hard after you, your right hand upholds me. Let's pray. Lord, I just humbly ask God for your spirit, Lord, to... Bring that anointing, that anointing that breaks every yoke, every bondage, Lord, in our life. We need that presence, that anointing this morning, Lord, to deliver your word. It's not about performance, Lord. It's about your word. It's about that anointing, God, touching heart and lives. And as we go across the radio, Lord, what an opportunity it is to go out beyond the walls ministering, Lord. And we need that same anointing that's in here to go across the internet, Lord. And Father, I just pray that your promise holds true today that it won't come back void. We trust you with that. We ask it in Jesus' name. We say amen. David was in a barren desert at this time. He was literally running for his life. David was the great psalmist. And when he'd get in trouble, he'd go to singing. Uh, not a bad thing to do. And begin to praise God. Uh, And I feel like at this time he was running from his son Absalom. I've ministered on this before. In fact, a sermon that has been played many times is the mule ran away and talking about Absalom when he tried to come against his father. Well, how do you know that it was the time of Absalom? I heard some say that it was maybe Saul he was running from during his teenage years. And I don't think so because in verse 11, it says he was a king at the time. And This would line up perfectly what was going on. Do I know a 100%? No, but I do know that he was in dire straits and it fits perfectly that this was the time he was running from his son. Uh, If you know the story, King David's son sought to kill him and take the throne by force. He did for a little bit take the throne, but eventually got his hair caught in a tree and he was killed and lost and uh, David did get back his throneship, but during this time he was in a, a, literally a desert place outside of uh, Judah. Whatever the reason he fled, David finds himself in this desert stripped of all physical and human resources He what, that he had as a king. He was bereft, he, he was uh, broke, he was poor, he was penniless. he had nothing. And Psalm 63 shows us how David refreshed himself and recaptured his excitement, his enthusiasm for things of God. And I know without a doubt that we're all facing this right now. We we get in our Christian walk and we lose that enthusiasm, that zeal for the things of God. It's so easy to do. And don't get all holy on me and say, oh, I don't ever go through that. Quit lying. That's the first thing. Everybody goes through this. You're a Christian. There are going to be times when you lose that initial zeal and that that fire for God. There is nobody that's ever walked this walk with God that hasn't experienced those desert experiences. And, and David, he, when he goes through this desert experience, he, he finds this, that he goes to these quiet places, the place of solitude where he seeks the face of God. And he had stopped running and fighting, and his panic had been subdued, and he entered into this quiet place to call for God's presence. David discovered streams of living water in the desert, spiritually speaking, and they flowed from the throne of God. And all of you need this special place with God. All of you need this time where you can, by yourself, get with God in that alone place and that down time with God and close out the world. It's important that you turn off the noise of the world for a little while. And this right here, that little dude right there, every one of us could take it and turn it off for a few hours and spend a long time with God because I promise you this if you've got one of these and you go to praying guess what's going to happen every time it will go to ringing and going off and to distract you turn these things off and take and have a little long time with God and feed up on the resources of God in our lives now I think the past three years we can say on a personal level every single one of us have been affected in ways like no other generation. I'm not saying that we've had it harder than other generations. I'm just simply saying you've been drained. Uh, these lockdowns, the churches have been drained especially. I don't mean that necessarily finances. I'm, I'm just saying we've been through a lot. We've, we've had so much uncertainty at our doorstep. And now, I'm sorry, if you don't like this language, but forgive me, but this idiot overseas in Russia, you know, now I've just throwing another whammy in here. And it just seems like it's been coming at us nonstop for three years. And on top of all that, then you have the personal things in your life. Some of you are facing sickness. Some of you have lost loved ones. And I know the church of God, I know we can talk about COVID, but the reality is a lot of people have lost their lives. People we know, ministers especially, and they're still sick and things are still going on. Matter of fact, the uh, lady we just talked about, Sherry Hill, uh losing her life. they just got a family back, a, a preacher, Lonnie Hill, just got him out of the hospital. He been almost didn't make it out of COVID. So we we've all had these social upheavals. And then if that wasn't enough, then we got all these godless ways trying to encroach upon our our churches and our homes, things that we just wish we could change. It just seems like every aspect of our country has changed from what we grew up in a child and now it's just completely different. If I had to sum it up, we're just tired. We're spiritually tired. And I'm not scared to admit that. We all get that way. We, we get spiritually tired. And we get delays in our life. We get delays in the church. And we lose that spiritual excitement along the way. We're doing more and experiencing less. It seems like the more we try to do, the less it gets done. And... You get spiritual fatigue. You get wore out. And I look around here in any church you notice something. We're getting dropouts. Dropouts. They're just disappearing. They're not going to church anywhere else. They're just dropping out. They're, they're falling quickly. And I used to not get that many questions about people, you know, attendance. I did every once in a while. I mean, preachers, when they get to talking privately, the first thing they're going to ask, well, how many are you running? Uh Now it's like, is anybody coming back? Are y'all able to keep the doors open? this I'm getting people calling me and asking some of the most odd questions. And people are just dropping out. They're not going to other churches. They're just quitting. And they get in this spiritual desert and they lay down and they just quit. It's happening to so many Christians. And you know who's laughing? The devil. He is sitting back and enjoying every pit of this because if he can get you to lay down in that desert and and forget where you come from, he's laughing his head off. We have to be very careful though for us sitting here this morning because if we don't find that spiritual oasis to rest and to revive with God, you'll be the next dropout. And we don't want that. And I'm not immune to this either. My family's not immune to this. Ministers are had to really watch out what they're doing even more so because we can find ourselves burn out we can find ourselves that we just don't want to continue on i, I I've lost track of the times that I'm just being honest with you I've lost track of the times that thought will come over me well I'll just quit and won't go back and then maybe if I carry to the next level and let it come out my mouth thank God I have a beautiful wife and say no you ain't You're going to go right back up there and you're going to keep on going. God uses her like that. Amen? So how do you restore this spiritual passion? We talked about all the bad things and where we're at in this world. How do we recapture that excitement in these last days? There's deserts all around us. You're not going to avoid them. That's the bad news. When you step out that door, there's plenty of deserts waiting on you, just like David was in. Now, David was in a actual desert, but you've got spiritual deserts out there you're fixing to have to wade through the moment you walk out of this church. Folks, we're in the last days, and they're unavoidable. You're going to have these dry times. You're going to have these times you don't understand. I'm sorry, I I wish I could tell you everything was going to be rainbows and unicorns, but it's just not. And you're going to have these times. You're going to be in this desert and you have to know what the bible teaches you so you can rest and recharge your spiritual batteries you have to stand on god's word you can't stand on your own um your own abilities you can't stand on your own uh your own strength and your your, your ability to go out in this world and take charge of situations that are not spiritual when it comes to spiritual things you're going to have to obviously lean on the Word of God and know what it says. And Psalm 63 is one of those beautiful places in the Bible that tells you line by line exactly what to do to get this excitement back. You think of where David was at. David really didn't have much to praise that day. Here he is in the middle of nowhere, broke, penniless. He, He left it where he was king at. People are trying to kill him. There's a lot of people looking for him. Got his, they want his head on a platter. And he finds time to stop and worship God. I think that is just amazing. Look at verse 2 and 3 again. To see your power and your glory is by seeing you in the sanctuary because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. To see thy power and glory. Uh, there were no buildings or temples in this desert where uh, David was at, but David remembered the sanctuary where he had went. In fact, I believe it was at the town of Nob that he went there and worshiped God. He remembered this precious place set aside for the worship of God. It is that place you set aside in the world from your, that you set aside all that your eyes have seen and you, you focus on God for a little time out of the week. It's called the church. That's what part of church is. is You come in the doors and you forget all that garbage you had to wade through to get here. You forget all that stuff that you've been through during the week. And you come into the house of God to set a little time aside. David said, I remember those times when I was there. You don't leave the desert by doing things for God. You vacate the desert by setting your heart on God. Doing won't get you out of the desert. It won't give you break from the desert. But setting your heart on God, Amen. Setting your things on uh, your mind and your heart on the things of God—that's what gives you a break. I, I think church ought to be that time. I know we laugh and have a little bit of uh, fun here at this church, but I'd rather be doing that than having to look at some old puss looking like he sucked on a lemon. Amen. Uh, I'd rather have people laugh. I'd rather have to tell y'all, look, y'all got to stop now, a minute. I got to preach. Break it up. I'd rather have to do that than everybody sitting there with their arms crossed, staring at each other, ready to fight. Amen. I guess y'all never... I've been to a few of those churches. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, in his mind and heart, David visited the sanctuary again. The church is a place for you to take a break from the world. I love this. Many claim they can worship without going to church building. And that's true. You can. You can worship God without going to church, but you won't. Amen, Brother Wilson. You can claim oh, I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to watch church on Facebook. And I promise you it'll be non-stop assaults coming at you left and right while you're trying to watch a church service. I ain't getting away now I'm going to preach somebody else over. Let me preach over here in just a minute. I get I get online service. We're going out over the radio right now because sometimes you run... Glenn's dad was a great example. He loved the Lord. He just couldn't get up and go to church. Sometimes people are homebound. I get that. Sometimes you just can't make it. Sometimes you might be in a remote area and we take this for granted to, to some extent, but a lot of times it's hard to find a church that's preaching the truth. It is. We're even more so in the day that we live in. Uh, I ain't saying they gotta be perfect just, but to just bring the basic message of Christ and Him crucified for salvation and sanctification is disappearing quite rapidly. And many people, they've had to drive a hundred, two hundred miles to find a church. I get that. But if you can, there are three services available every week, unless something odd is going on. I wish you'd be here all three. And I know this sounds like I have picked up the record and played it again, but that's okay. I'm fixing to this morning because it needs to be preached. We need to be reminded. This is where you get just a few moments break from the world is in here in his sanctuary. Show me a Christian that thinks they don't need church and I'll show you a dropout about to happen. That's exactly what you'll find. I'm not saying they're unsaved. I'm not saying they're on their way to hell, but you you start getting depressed and you're in that desert and you have no food and you have no drink to carry you on. Americans have become very arrogant and self-righteous. We have become fatigued and forget the house of God and what it's supposed to be. My friends, this is what made the nation great is the house of God. I know the church made the United States what it was many years ago. Because people would, they would shut down on Sunday mornings and they would assemble in the house of God. I, I've said this many times, but I, I guess because I remember it so vividly, my dad wasn't a religious man. And I can remember many times in Dollarway, Arkansas, that my dad, did whatever he was getting up in that drugstore, I, I really, I don't remember, but every Sunday morning he would drive up there to that and I would go with him sometime. And he was sitting that drug in front of that drugstore and wait for it to open. It didn't open until after 12 when the guy got away from church and come open it up. That's what it used to be. We become so arrogant and self-righteous, and people don't think they need that anymore. And now the church has become just a well, I'll go when I want to. We have got to stop that. We are in a desert. I'm not being mean, I'm not being unkind to you. I'm just simply reminding you. That's what I do as a pastor. Feel God's house back up once again. Don't get mad. Just come back. If you're listening on the radio, don't be mad at me because you're sitting at home and listening today.
0: Once again, thank you for listening to our broadcast. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Now, we ask you to help us keep bringing great Pentecostal messages to the world. Join us in our effort to reach the lost by supporting this ministry with a generous offering. We cannot do this unless people just like you give to help cover the costs. On the home page, click on how you can help. There you can give by credit card, debit card, or e-check. Let the Lord bless you and use you in your giving. Now, back to the message.
1: Don't be mad at me. Just get back in God's house. I've messed up many a time my Christian walk. And if you find yourself that you become a dropout, don't get mad. Just get back in the house of God. Because one thing about God, he, he goes and looks for that one out of that 99. He's looking for you right now. Come back to God's house. You're going to get out of church what you put in it. You are. You're going to get out of church what you put in You come in that door uh, any Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday night, and say, you know what? I, something's going to happen today. Bless God, I'm going to get something out of this service. I hope God shows up. Man. I ain't got to listen to Brother Wilson. Hey ah, amen. <laughs> that's the best service when the preacher don't even get to preach. Uh, but you're, if you come to that door expecting, seriously, you're going to get that out of, you can make the difference in services. See how much everybody smiled this morning, more people show up, everybody says, hey, I'm glad to see you this morning. And there's only two or three people on the pews, everybody knows oh, where they at? You're part of the service, you're part of church, God wants you here, we want you here. And we need that time away from the world. You need it. Trust me on this. You need that time away from the world to come in God's sanctuary. All of us could stand to be a little more reverent about God's house. That this place belongs to Him. Jesus Christ, the head of it. And you need this time to fellowship with like-minded believers and to focus completely on God. I think Christians would be pleasantly surprised if they would just get back in church and bring reverent worship inside of the doors and expecting something to happen when they show up, I think you would be pleasantly surprised. I think you begin to see the Spirit of God move like you never have before. Like them old days we talked about where people would be jumping up and down, shouting and speaking in tongues, and the presence of God would become so thick nobody could even stand inside of the house of God. Amen. That's what I want. I know that's what you want. Who's stopping us from it? God's just waiting on us. Okay, now look at verse 6 and 7. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate in the night watches because thou hast been my help. I'm reading this again. I love this. Therefore in the shadow of the wings will I rejoice. This was David's secret place. His secluded place. He declared he would need that place along with God. And many, you know, when they get along with God, they use that time to refuel their bitterness or they they strategize their anger against people. Not David. This was a place of renewal with his long time with God. He reflected on the time God had helped him. Thou has been my help, Lord! Think of all the times God had been there for you. You think about the times God had been there for you. When I become overwhelmed with the world and I got things I'm facing and I don't understand why there's been delays, I have to think back to those times when Jehovah Jireh, the one that met my need, or Elohim, God Almighty, has met my need. He's been there for me. And when I remember that, I I have to think, you know what? I may be in a situation right now, I can't change the thing going on around me, but God has never failed me. God has never failed me, not one point. I promise you, Putin over there, I don't know what the end game's gonna be. And I I, I think it may get worse than we want it to get, but I do know this. With the end of the day and in the, the journey, he has no authority over God. He has absolutely no authority. Don't worry about what's going to happen or you think might happen. Just believe God and trust him. I I think I sent out a text about two weeks ago. It was just on my heart to start praying. We are probably going to enter unprecedented times, but God has never, never, absolutely never failed us. I'm sure when David was sitting out there in that desert, I am almost positive he Went back and he's in a bad situation. My word, your son's looking to kill you. And I'm sure his mind went back, though. You know what, though? I remember one time when a Philistine giant was calling out to the armies of Israel and God gave me the power to go out and stand on his head and thrust a sword down through him. I remember one time when I was walking along in the wilderness there was a bear and there was a lion and God gave me supernatural strength to defeat them so next time you find yourself in that desert place go back and you remember and remember what God has done for you to bring you where you're at anthony the devil's going to be trying to hit you left and right but just go back and remember where God has been there for you what he's done for you amen myra the devil's going to try to attack you. Amen. You have to remember where God brought you out of. Every one of you, you have to remember where God had brought you. Sister Sherry, you have to remember where God had brought you from. We're all in the same boat. I bet they heard these words of the Lord. I will be there. I will not leave you. I will not lose be- you. Powerful words. So whatever you're going through today, you have to remember God saying those same things to you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will be by your side. I will stick closer than the brother. Now, also notice, David, he said, in the shadows of his wings I will rejoice. Uh, I've got the raising chickens over the past few years, and it's amazing to watch these birds. And They take these babies... This will happen with any animal, mother, uh bird. They'll take these babies and stick them up under their wings. And there they get warmth, they get protection, they're covered from anything uh, around them. It's a place of protection and a place to keep warm. Remember even Jesus said this in Matthew 23 and 37, How often I would have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings. God desires to gather you and put you in His protection. We forget that. We we get problems. We want to go running out the world and looking to help uh, from the world. And what can I do to protect myself? When God's saying, oh, well, long, here, just come here. Let me protect you. Let me take care of this. And God is that safe place to relax, refresh yourself. There's protection and refuge inside of you. Do like David did. It's not a work. It's not a, I can't tell you every time that you're going to find perfect peace and refuge, but David got along by himself in that quiet place and he sought God. And and my friend, you can move mountains sometimes when you're alone with God in prayer, when you seek His face and hear from Him and watch what He does in your life. Now look at verse 8. David continued, My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. If you even caught a glimpse of the news this week once again you realize that we're in a very insecure world there's no hard firm foundations to stand on in the world out there. The only secure place on planet Earth is in the hand of God period there's no other place there's no refuge inside of the United States we can't we we were showed that on nine eleven that uh the United States is not as Big and bad and protected as we think we are. We can fall just like anybody else. And we notice that, that evil people still abound in this world. And we have one over there now that is, he's dead set on doing what he's going to do. And I have some first, what do you call it? First hand experience with Russia because I was there in the cold war when they broke the Borders down. I was there in Germany from about eighty-seven to eighty-nine, somewhere around there, and I watched what they will do to a people. And there's no, there's not the stability people think there is over there. It's a very difficult and tough situation. And well, again, once again, we see just how insecure the world is. And, and, but in God there is confidence. Now remember the context of Psalm sixty-three. David had just experienced a humiliating defeat. I don't know about you, but being everything taken from you and basically stripped of everything you have and nothing but maybe a pair of pants and a shirt and thrown out in the wild and everybody's looking for you, that's pretty humiliating. That's about as low as it can get. Uh, they, they, just outside of dying, I mean, this man it was stripped of everything. And his self-esteem had taken a dive, but David declared this, your right hand upholds me. And right, the right hand symbolizes power and strength. David knew where his hope was. He knew where his strength come from. In, in the New Testament, Paul preached that the message of the cross is the power of God for us. Now, matter of fact, he said that uh, for those that are uh, perishing is foolishness, but those that are saved, this message of the cross is the power of God. And if you want power in your life, if you want something sure to uh, stand on, if you want to live under this great promise that God has for you, all you have to do is take your faith in keeping in what Christ has accomplished for you. This work is a powerful work, it's a finished work it's complete and you can't bypass Calvary when you're going to god if you if you have faith in that finished work of what God or excuse me what Christ has accomplished for you. You have power. And and I'm not talking about to go out and get mansions and Rolls Royces. I'm not talking about Janice Joplin's song, Lord, just buy me a Mercedes Benz. I'm talking about power to, to have victory over sin. I'm talking about power to be able to go through deserts. I'm talking about Holy Ghost power. My words, friend, Pentecost ain't died. It's alive and well. Pentecost is alive and well until Jesus Christ returns. We have all the power we need available from heaven. Yeah, I know that people talk about us Pentecost, but that's all right. You can talk about Pentecostals all you want. I'm proud of that heritage that, that has been built and I am part of now. Because my friends, in times I don't understand and I'm in my desert, I find rest and refreshing just speaking in tongues when I'm by myself and praying to God. Amen. Amen, Brother Wilson. People can be healed. People can be brought back from the dead. Demons can be cast out. I'm sorry the world don't buy into this. I bought into it and I believe it because I know it's real. And I know that all power and the resources from heaven are available to me, you, you every single person sitting on these pews today listening by radio by one thing in one way only and that's by your faith in what Christ has accomplished at Calvary and you can have anything you want from God again don't get your mind on money I'm talking about spiritual things if your faith is in something else other than this finished work you're going to get tired and weary in the desert lands, and you'll drop out You'll fall down and you won't be able to make this journey. But when you trust Jesus through Calvary, you have confidence. You know in whom you have believed. We're in the hands of a mighty God that has everything under control. God's not going to miss a beat during these last days. Matter of fact, I would expect God to do some mighty incredible things during these last days. I think we're going to start seeing drug addicts come in like never before. I think we're going to see people that are involved in all types of vile sins start flooding the church houses. Woo! What a day that's going to be. Some of us are going to have to scoot over. Some of us are going to have to give up our parking spot up front. Amen? That's okay. You can have mine. I'll walk on down. Just come on in. you're listening to my radio and you didn't know if you wanted to come here or not, just come on down. I'll let you have the parking spot right up front. Jesus is not going to lose, my friends. Not in this day and age. Jesus will not lose. He's not going to give up one inch. He's not going to give up no ground. He's not going to lose. He will not be defeated by this evil world. You're on the winning team with Him. You and I need to stop frequently in this American rap race we do and locate that secure place with God. Our oasis to replenish our soul on our journey to heaven a time to restore our soul.
0: This brings us to the end of this sermon. Don't forget to help us in our effort to bring the message of the cross to the world. We need your prayers and financial gifts to make that happen. Also, be sure to check out our website schedule and prayer wall while you are here on Power of the Cross Radio. We stream great Christian music and sermons all day, every day. Again, thank you for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. Visit them on the web at cfministry.com.